0: welcome to another coffee and heroes podcast our first one for a number of weeks for many reasons which of course we'll get into we're coming back to you now with the previews podcast we're going to be looking over the latest previews books that hit the store the august books with solicitations for titles primarily coming out this october so your host as always alan owner of coffee and heroes in belfast and joined as always by mr keith miller good evening sir how are you? I am not too bad. As I say, jumping back on the podcasting horse recently, you know, fatherhood entered my life uh, with uh, a little little man, uh, Alfred <laughs> Oliver, and he is an absolute legend uh, already. Uh, but it has just led to uh, a few sleepless nights, a little less recording of podcasts and, and YouTube and so forth. But I mean, I have to be honest, I mean, I've been told that this is not an acceptable excuse for not podcasting.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We, uh, we we received a a, uh, a, a tweet from uh, one of our, our constant followers, um, uh, not based here, uh, letting us know that they were a wee bit worried that the the, uh, the podcast was a wee bit behind schedule. Uh, and uh, of course, that's why we're here now. I mean, because we couldn't, we couldn't let them down.
0: That's that's the only reason why this one goes straight out to Matt from Runcorn. So, yeah, he told me that that fatherhood is not an acceptable excuse for lack of potting. But on the plus side, he did send us a list of what is an applicable reason not to release podcasts. So I thought some of these were quite interesting. I thought, I mean, the first one up,
1: invasion and replacement by can't go wrong with that absolutely i mean you know what happened during secret invasion it could happen at any time uh recruitment by jessica slaughter of uh of uh house of slaughter and uh, something is killing the children fame i think we both be up for that
0: i think so i could get yep. on board although now that you know i'm a father the title something is killing the children takes on uh, extra fear for me i have to say <laughs> next one up i can agree with given the heat wave we're currently enduring which is lack of ice cream so again i think that's more than an acceptable reason
1: uh, as is being turned to a vampire by Nightwing. But, I mean, that's that's not saying that you couldn't still podcast.
0: Well, that's true. I mean, they're very cognizant in uh, DC versus Vampires and, you know, still very skilled, so I'm sure they could find a way. They would have to podcast at night, of course. They wouldn't be able to podcast during the sunlight. Uh, Netflix binge-watching is an acceptable reason, and in fairness, if this is an acceptable reason... Then it's very lucky we are podcasting because uh in the last two days I've finally started Stranger Things season four. Uh it is absolutely fantastic, as I as I expected. That was just a case of finding the time. Uh and then there was one last reason which is uh is very, very I mean, I can jump on board with this being a good enough reason not to pod them. what was that?
1: Being engrossed in a tense game of snakes and ladders. I mean that that sounds like a
0: very serious game, you know, mm. so we can get on board with that. Yeah. But I'm more
1: likely to be a tense game of of uh, of Dungeons and Dragons or any other sort of tabletop role player, or in fact, you know, anything that I'm enjoying on the PlayStation. But uh, Snakes and Ladders is not one I've I've hit up in the, in, the, in the recent past. Yeah,
0: well, I would say with my my fatherhood now, I'm sure I'll be playing board games all over again, just as I did when I was younger, as well. So, <laughs> but yeah.
1: So uh, you're you're settling into you're settling into to to having. Alfie, in your life?
0: Yeah, he's, as I say, he's an absolute little dude. I mean, a lot of people were trying to guess the name, what we were going to go with. Obviously, I'm a huge Batman fan. Bruce was briefly discussed, but also very quickly shot down. Uh, But Alfred, to me, has always been the heart and soul of the DC universe and love the name. And then when when you pick a name, you sort of start thinking of reasons to like that name. Alfred Hitchcock's my favourite director as well. That falls in. And it's also quite a good name in that sense, because just like Hitchcock, our little man is a little round, bald uh, gentleman with what I can only assume is a dark sense of humour. So it fits it quite nicely. But yeah, we call him Alfie, but Alfred will be for when he uh, does something wrong. But I understand uh, that you're going to be teaching him something. Yes,
1: uh, as soon as as he can talk, my, my intention is to teach him to say, yes, Master Bruce. And, I, can't uh, and uh, I mean that'll 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 immediately diffuse any situation I think that uh, <laughs> that arises that requires the the calling of Alfred.
0: I think you um, might be right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's been a, I suppose it has been a, a busy busy few uh, few weeks. Whenever you were indisposed, I was lucky enough to be able to look after the store for a few days, and uh, I had the honour of uh, of uh, driving your new family home for the first time. That you did. Uh, which was uh, which was fantastic and uh, and hosting your fiance's parents for a few days whenever they come over to visit indeed um, so. i
0: uh, i tip this rather nice cold bottle of beer to you right now as uh as you've been a lightsaber i was about to say a lightsaber a right? lightsaber yeah. uh, you have been a lightsaber in the last couple of weeks for for various reasons but uh but yeah no. as keith said he was looking after the store i should throw out at this point as well just with you know Alfie coming into our lives I'm obviously looking to take a little bit of a step back from the business a little bit more uh, so just if you are coming in specifically to see me and of course why wouldn't you be but if you are for like pull list reasons or requests or anything like that I'll always be there Monday Tuesday Wednesday because Monday is delivery day Tuesday's finishing the delivery off Wednesday's new comic book day and I'll always be there on Saturday it tends to be our busiest day so uh, Thursday Friday I, I'll normally have staff in place mostly uh, Chris who's who's been great so far And, of course, Keith is always on standby by the bat phone just in case the mayor calls. So (laughs) that may happen as well. But, yeah, that is uh, with the store. But, no, the store's been great. You know, it's been busy. And I must say as well, a massive shout-out to every single regular who's come in, offering congratulations, dropping in cards, dropping in presents. Massive thanks to Gary for dropping in the whiskey. It's very, very nice Uh, and has helped with a few later nights. So, All in all, I really can't complain, new chapter of the life begins, but, you know, my love for comics is going absolutely nowhere and I hope to pass that on to my son as well. So, yeah, but we are going to talk previews, as I say, for this one. So, again, this is uh, the August previews books for release in October and maybe a little bit beyond a few advanced solicitations here. As ever, just in case you're not sure how the comics industry works, they send us these previews books out. We inform you guys about what's coming out. Pick our favorite titles because there's no way to recommend everything because there's just so much. And then you let us know you you throw those titles on your pull list as a pre order. Means you're guaranteed them cover A uh, day of release and a cover price as well. So, as ever, the earlier you get your orders in, the better. Although we will always sort you out even if you you know become a last minute dot com as many of our regulars do. You know who you are. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're going to go through the books as we always do. You know, it's always broken down into the DC book, the Marvel book, and then the main previews book, which covers all of the independent publishers. Again, these books are always available in the store. You can always pop in, grab a coffee. Or maybe a cold drink given the weather we have at the moment. And you can always sit and have a flick through these just in case you pick out one or two things that maybe uh didn't quite make our radar. But yeah, you know, DC book wise, you know, obviously I'm always known as a slightly more biased towards DC, but you know, unsurprisingly enough this month, as pretty much every month, there's a huge reliance on a certain Cape Crusader to sell so many of these titles. There is also a great looking book set in Gotham City, which uh doesn't have Batman in it. And that actually is one of my most anticipated books this month as well. You know, the the main event of Dark Crisis, now retitled The Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths. Uh they kept that secret. I think that's just an excuse to be honest to do uh reprints of issue one, two and three just to include the logo. Yeah. Uh, personally Uh, so you know that's that's continuing along there's uh, some interesting one shots for that in here we've got you know the 30th anniversary of death of superman coming up so there's quite a few bits and pieces on uh, the big blue boy scout as well Uh, some great ongoing stuff you know really can't complain The, the dc book always feels to me slightly smaller than the marvel book for the simple reason that DC cut down their page content. You know, they'll put four or five titles on a page. Whereas Marvel will always give a full page ad in there. So although it feels like a, a smaller, you know, more svelte book, there is plenty in here to uh, to sink your teeth into. Some good-looking trades as well, which we'll certainly get to in a bit as well. So that's the DC side of things. Uh, what about the Marvel book this month? Uh,
1: Marvel is, uh, is interesting this month. I mean, They've they've put uh, Miracle Man uh, front and center and on the cover uh, with a, with a whole range of artists. We'll talk a wee bit about uh, Miracle Man whenever we we get there and my particular thoughts on it. Uh, Avengers, X Men, Eternals uh, by Kieran Gillen. the uh, the mini and surrounding books are still very much sort of uh, sort of center of the book here um, with a whole bunch of one shots uh, coming out this month. Um, so there's a, there's a lot going on there, and I actually read the first, the first issue of uh, AXE Judgment Day today. Uh, I'm a little behind my pull list, and it was phenomenal. And I don't know if you, if you picked it up, um, it was one of those things that, it came out. I wasn't terribly anticipating it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of, I guess, furore around it. Uh, but Kieran Gillen's the artist on it, or the writer on it. So you know, obviously, you would expect it to be to be good and it really did that there's a brand new spider-man ongoing uh, with some uh, some recognized talent uh, in the book which we'll talk about we'll talk about a little later and uh, and other than that uh, I mean there's there's all the usuals uh, sort of ongoing um, I think Jane Foster and the mighty Thor's coming to an end um, but all of the all of the usual all of the usual carnage and venom titles the the X titles those that aren't embroiled and in AXE um, so it's uh, yeah, I mean it's it's not a it's not a heavy heavy month for for, uh, for for new starts, but there's plenty of quality there.
0: Yeah, I mean one thing we'll certainly get to in the Marvel book as well is there's the Marvel debut for one of our favourite indie writers. Uh... A certain gentleman who writes one of the most ridiculously consistent indie titles on the shelves. But again, mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a bit. And then when it comes to the uh, the main previews book, first of all, I have to throw out a shout-out for the spine of the main previews book. I have zero time for mini-mates, but they're advertising AEW wrestling has taken over <laughs> but aside from that front and back I mean the previous book you always flip it over because you have merchandise on one side and you have comics on the other and the two main titles they're highlighting this month are definitely two big ones one is a continuation of a universe established in image comics and the other comes from you know horror royalty a new boom studios title which we'll get to it's a very very strong month for image certainly and what I, I really like about this month as well is there's tons of number ones there are loads of great looking titles that are just kicking things off perfect jumping on points lots of stuff from established creators who we whose work we really enjoy there's also of course a massive emphasis on horror obviously this being october releases hitting around halloween Mm. you you will notice that that with a lot of the titles we highlight there is a lot of horror in here so uh we'll certainly get to that as well so but yeah we'll 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 pick out all the titles from all the the indie publishers that we're certainly looking forward to but again this book is so big we're either a going to miss something or b there might be stuff that appeals to other people and therefore they're always worth popping into the store and having a flick through so but yeah those are the the sort of brief overview of the books but let's look at them in a little more detail so you know we'll kick things off as we always do with the dc book you know again front and center once you open the, the dc connect is batman 128 chip Zdarsky has started his run on batman loving that so far two issues deep so make sure to jump on that if you haven't had a chance we do still have 125 and 126 in stock but the first new title really caught my eye here and I'm really intrigued about it because this could either be absolutely spectacular or it could be a misfire I don't know The main reason for that is it's written by an actor, uh, Paul Dano, who played the Riddler, of course, in Matt Reeves. Spectacularly good, the Batman movie. And he's actually writing a book on the Riddler, so the Edward Nashton character from the Batman. It's called The Riddler Year One. Now, if you're going to use Year One, it better be a good book if you're going to use that subtitle. Because that obviously carries a lot of connotations, not just in DC Comics, but Marvel Comics certainly as well. So, written by Paul Dano, it's uh, the art is by Stevan Subic. It's going to be a six-issue miniseries from Black Label. Uh, So you know it's going to be uh, got more of an adult tinge to it. So you know, solicitation-wise, you know, as depicted in Matt Reeves' hit movie The Batman, the Riddler wasn't simply an amusing eccentric with an affinity for wordplay and baffling clues, but as terrifying a villain as any in the annals of the Dark Knight. Here you can see Edward Nashton evolve into the menace known as the Riddler. How did an unknown forensic accountant uncover the dark secrets of Gotham's underworld and come so close to bringing down the entire city? The six-issue miniseries is an immediate prequel to the Batman, the detailed, disturbing, and at times shocking story of a man with nothing to lose. So, yeah, I thought the interpretation of the Riddler was was fantastic in the movie. It you know, it really updated the character. He still had that air of mystery and puzzles and so forth, but just obviously batshit insane as well. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Again, it's written by an actor. It could be someone dipping their toes in comics, and you know it could go pear shaped. But uh, <laughs> you know, hope, hopes are high for that. I think
1: that uh, the artist uh, Stefan Subic was the artist on the the European uh, Conan book, Conan Sumerian. Oh, okay. I think, uh, and I think this is him making his making his American comics debut.
0: Yeah, I mean the preview art looks really cool. It looks really cinematic. Lots of, you know, lots of panel work. You know, lots going on as well. So it actually does look quite cinematic, and I can see the likenesses there look pretty spot on as well.
1: And uh, I think they, from what I understand, uh, there's a, a series of six interlocking variant covers.
0: Yeah. So in terms of covers, you've got uh, Bill Sienkiewicz is doing the main cover. Uh, you've got varying covers by jim lee and steban Subic as well there's the usual rake of uh, tw- uh, ratio variants as mm-hmm. well i should say so there are a few different ones to cover there so but yeah, i think it's the main cover a that interlocks all the uh that interlocks yeah there's first ah. or six interlocking covers so cool cool so there is that uh moving on the next one i i want to highlight for a reason in that when it comes to pull lists and, and individual titles, we will never just assume if a volume of something ends that you want to jump on to the next one. With with a few exceptions, you know, if you're on Amazing Spider-Man, for example, we assume if a new creative team comes in, you're probably going to want to continue with it. Same with the main Batman title as an example. But DC recently had what I thought was an excellent 15-issue uh, Joker miniseries, well, maxi series, I suppose, which was by James Tenney IV, and I thought it was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it, aside from the terrible punchline backup stories. But Tinian finished up that run, and there was a big emphasis on Commissioner Gordon in that one as well. So therefore, with this title, this is a brand new Joker ongoing, and it is called The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing. So great creative team involved. You know, you've got Matthew Rosenberg writing, who, of course, you know, is always a steady hand and, you know, a really interesting writer and is doing more and more DC work and then you've also got Carmine DJ and Domenico doing the artwork as well. So it's a stellar team, but because it's a brand new team and a brand new plot and everything, we won't automatically move you from Joker to the Joker the man who stopped laughing. If you want to jump on this one, let us know. We just never want people to assume that we just like to throw things into your uh into your pull box. So With this one, the world once again holds its breath as the Joker strikes again, but how far is he willing to go this time? From the twisted minds of Matthew Rosenberg and Carmine D.J. Domenico comes a violent, mind-bending new series that picks up from the cataclysmic end of the Joker and follows the mayhem across the United States. With the Clown Prince of Crime sitting out on his most bizarre caper yet, will a fan-favorite vigilante be able to prevent certain tragedy, or is he in on the joke? So, yeah, I think it'll be really good, as I say. Matthew Rosenberg's doing some great work at DC at the moment with Task Force Z, with um, co-writing DC vs. Vampires, with Tinian as well. So, I'll very much look forward to that. But again, just to, just to clarify, if you had Joker on your pull list before, we won't automatically change you over to this one. So, do let us know if you want to jump onto that.
1: That uh Tinian Joker finished really well. Really lovely, complete story. Uh, there, I think it was with issue fifteen, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Just just finished it. Um, I see we have another release in the Batman One Bad Day series of of one shots, isn't it? Uh, this one for Penguin. So uh, it's Penguin number one. It's sixty four pages, prestige cardstock covers. Uh, but it's written by John Ridley, who is currently doing phenomenal work on both Black Panther and on uh, I Am Batman, uh, which is just a great series. It's I'm, I'm, I'm nearly enjoying I Am Batman as much as the core Batman book. Uh, and of course, the art and the cover are by Undiscovered countries Giuseppe Camincoli. So uh, hard to beat there. Um Says the Penguin's criminal enterprise and iceberg lounge have been stolen from underneath him by his former associate, the Umbrella Man. The Umbrella Man has removed all of the rules of crime uh, in Gotham City that the Penguin put in place and the city is in chaos. The Penguin is a broken man and will have to travel through the burning streets of Gotham with a gun and a single bullet, putting together a new crew to take back what he's built. Will Batman help the devil he knows or face the devil he doesn't in the form of the Umbrella Man? crime epic from the team behind the critically acclaimed other history of the dc universe john ridley and Giuseppe camille coley do not miss out
0: yeah when it comes to the one bad day stuff it's a different creative team each month it's a different Mm -hmm. villain each month and there's 64 page one shots so with uh batman one bad day we just ask you to clarify when you first if you do sign up for it the first one is actually due next week the new comic book day of the 17th of august will see the launch of Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler by Tom Keene and Mitch Derez. But some people want to pick and choose based on villains or creative teams. Some people, of course, you know, like myself, will be OCD and want every single volume. So again, just clarify when you're you're signing up for it with us if you just wanna pick and choose which ones you want to go for or if you wanna sign up for the series. So Uh, But I mentioned in the intro about a great-looking Gotham-set tale that doesn't seem to focus on Batman, and that is Gotham City Year One. There is that subtitle once again. I hope they are not just throwing this around willy-nilly, and this is going to be another quality one, but... I think this will be, for the very simple reason, again, look at that creative team. You've got Tom Keane writing, you've got Phil Hester on art. This is going to be a six-issue mini-series, which is going to focus on the early days of Gotham. Essentially the secret origin of Gotham City, if you will. So with this one, there once was a shining city on the water, a home for families, hope and prosperity. It was Gotham and it was glorious. The story of its fall from grace, the legend that would birth the bat, has remained untold for 80 years. That's about to change. Superstar creators Tom King and Phil Hester team up for the first time to tell the definitive origin of Gotham City, how it became the cesspool of violence and corruption it is today and how it harboured and then unleashed the sin that led to the rise of the Dark Knight. Two generations before Batman, private investigator Slam Bradley gets tangled in the kidnapping of the sentry as the infant Wayne heir disappears in the night and so begins a brutal, hard-boiled, epic tale of a man living on the edge and a city about to burn. Noir, Gotham City,
1: pre-Batman, sold. <laughs> yep, that sounds like it's right up your street. Um, sticking with the bat, uh, we have Batman Incorporated number one by Ed Breeson and art and cover by John Timms. Um, 32 pages, um, it's a um, cardstock variant, but it is from the team. From the pages of Batman comes an all new, all exciting adventure for Ghostmaker and his Batman Incorporated team. The team's trust issues and detective skills are immediately put to the test when someone from Ghostmaker and Batman's recent past is brutally murdered. Uh, is this an isolated event, sending a message to the 2 years is at the start of something darker and more sinister? Hint, it is darker and more sinister. <laughs> uh, all-star creative team of Ed Breeson and John Timms turn a new future for Batman Incorporated in this exciting new ongoing series loaded with adventure, excitement, and amazing new members and villains. Now, if this is going to be anything like the Batman Annual, that was recently released. That uh, was about effectively a, I guess it was a sideways introduction to this this book. Uh, I think it was also by the same, by certainly Ed Breeson anyway. Yeah, and, um,
0: Ed Breeson. I think John Timms may have done the art as well. Maybe. the Batman Annual. I think. But
1: uh, that annual was fantastic. I really enjoyed it, uh, and therefore I am catapulted straight into this this book. Not least because Ed Breeson's a fantastic writer, and I'm a big fan of Ghostmaker.
0: Yeah, well, that will definitely do it. I mean, as you say, it was one of those ones The Ghostmaker is one of those characters that, you know, take him or leave him a little bit, but I thought the Batman annual was fantastic, and again, that le- that was set up as your lead-in to this series, and I always loved the idea of Batman Incorporated. You know, it's a Grant Morrison brainchild, you know, of, you know, Bruce comes out in public and says I'm not Batman but I do fund him and he was wanting to expand so there was a Batman all over the world in each city so I really like the idea of it so I'm I'm happy to see it back it was a it was a very quaint pre-new 52 title so I'm surprised to see it come back but a very welcome return no less um just to throw it again I, I said about it in the intro but you know Dark Crisis the, the DC events where all the Justice League are dead and the next generation have to step up. been enjoying it so far. Joshua Williamson, Daniel mm-hmm. Sampira on yep. Art. yep. Just they released the uh, information recently that the, the real title, which is a bit strange in itself. The real title? Half the, half half the real series ti- in? Yeah, half the series <laughs> in. The real title is actually Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. And apparently once we hit issue four of that, it's going to become very apparent why they held back on throwing that in. But ah, we'll wait and I see.
1: Am, I am fearful, Alan. I am fearful. <laughs> <laughs> what are they playing at? What yeah, are they doing? In
0: Williamson, we trust. I mean, all the Infinite yeah, Frontier fair. stuff leading in was very, very strong. So, in uh, Williamson, we trust in that one. Uh, but I see another John Ridley one has caught
1: your eye. Yeah, and absolutely. I thought this was going to be the, uh, the the DC book you were talking about that wasn't bat didn't feature Batman but was set in Gotham City. Uh, so I'm surprised you didn't uh, pull this up. And that's GCPD, the Blue Wall, number one by, as you say, John Ridley, uh, currently on I Am Batman and uh, *and uh, Black Panther, uh, and obviously a well-known a well known director, uh, art by Stefano Raphael. Um, it's one of six and it tracks uh, Rene Montoya, still earlier in her tenure as GCPD Commissioner, setting out to rebuild her department and restore public faith in the historically troubled PD during some of the worst conditions it's ever seen. But Rene won't do it alone. In order for a plan to work, everyone from the topmost officials all the way down to the most fresh-faced new officers must contend with the harsh realities of being a symbol of law and order in a city of super saviors and superhuman lawlessness. DC is proud to present the GCPD, the Blue Wall, by stellar team of Academy Award-winning writer uh, John Ridley and artist Stefano Raphael six part series thought provoking and riveting story of everyday people trying to do good in the midst of a flawed system no one said protecting a city like Gotham would be easy I would say this is going to be powerful stuff especially given the writer uh, and his Mm -hmm. his background I am hoping for uh, something along the lines of Gotham central crossed with the wire um, is what I'm what I'm hoping for and John Ridley has recently brought René Montoya into I am Batman, as she set up to be the new police commissioner of New York City, where that particular uh, that particular book takes place now, and uh, and also uh, was very pleased to see the reintroduction of Renee as the Question, uh, who was to me the the great uh, the great addition to the to the fifty two, <laughs> whenever that uh, that particular fifty two issue storyline was out. I love that uh, I love that edition of Renee as as the Question. So it's good to see her back.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you said the magic words there, Gotham Central. You know, if this is a, a modern-day take on that idea of what it's like to be in a cop in a in a city with all these masked vigilantes trying to do your job and all of these uh, superhero v- villains turning up as well. I mean, how do you maintain law and order in any sort of realistic sense? So, yeah, if it's, if it's along the lines of Gotham Central, I'm on board with this. And again, creative team-wise, John Ridley, you, you can't go wrong with him as well. So... But, yeah, I mean, the rest of the book is filled up with, you know, some continuing great uh, series. You know, Flashpoint Beyond comes to an end. Uh, with Issue 6, there's uh, Sergeant Rockin versus the Army of the Dead continues, which I'm very much looking forward to, written by Bruce Campbell, of course. And, again, tons of great ongoing stuff. You know, Human Target definitely stands out. There is a Superman number 1 facsimile edition. Uh, these are proving very popular at the moment. These are uh, perfect facsimile reprints of classic Issues. Uh, but the last one I want to just showcase is when it comes to graphic novels. is a series I've been absolutely loving. It's a silly-sized book, so you might pick it up in trade, Keith, but certainly not singles. Uh, and this is a series called Rogues. Now, Rogues is essentially uh, one of those older tales, you know, set in the future where, you know, either superheroes or villains have grown older. And in this case, we're, you know, focusing on um, Captain Cold. So with Rogues, this is written by Joshua Williamson, great art by Leo Max. I'm pretty sure I picked the number one as my pick of the week uh, on the reviews pod. But yeah, the complete collection is going to come out for it. So 10 years ago, the Rogues disbanded and went their separate ways. But time hasn't been kind to the former blue-collar super criminals. Caught in an endless cycle of prison, rehab, dead-end jobs, broken relationships, probation and bottomless restitution fees, the Rogues are sick of paying for their crimes. Luckily, Captain Cole has a plan. One last job that will all but leave them richer than their wildest dreams and free from their past. If they can survive, of course. So yeah, lovely hardcover coming out. I think that the Black Label hardcovers are awesome. Uh, You know, they they feel premium. They feel like great stories. And by and large, the the stuff that's come out has been great so far. So yeah, that is pretty much the DC book in a nutshell. Again, the book is in store if you want to have a look through it. Or with DC, you can look up DC Connect. uh, Just Google DC Connect and it'll take you to the, the latest issue of that. And you can check it out online. So that is DC. Let's jump on to that Marvel book then. Go ahead, lead us off.
1: Alrighty, so top of the book um, is uh, Miracle Man. Uh, uh, two, two particular offerings. Uh, one is Miracle Man uh, number zero uh, and the other is which is a one shot uh, and the other is uh, Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham The Silver Age uh, which is uh, the start a reprint of a I think, the, of the, the original Silver Edge book. Now, The the of Man Zero is by Neil Gaiman, uh, who obviously is uh, very much top of our minds at the minute, thanks to the fantastic uh, adapt- adaptation of The Sandman that has landed on Netflix over the last week or so. Uh, Jason Aaron uh, needs no introduction in in, in this parish. Mike Carey, Ty Timbleton, Peach Momoko and more on art. Mark Buckingham, Lionel Francis Yu, uh Ty Timbleton, Peach Momoko and more. Um, 40 years ago, Miracle Man's modern era began and changed the world of comics as we know it. Now on the cusp of a new era of Miracle Man, we celebrate all things Kimota, uh, with a who's who of the biggest talent in the industry, plus Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham set up this issue and the return to Miracle Man's Silver Age. Miracle Man's Silver Age by Gaiman and Buckingham uh, after 30 years, Neil Gaiman and Buckingham, Mark Buckingham, unfinished storyline, the Silver Age begins anew. These legendary creators are remastering the two published issues of the, with brand new artwork and finishing their grand story at long last. Young Mergleman, the lost member of the Mergleman family, is back. His last memories were of a 1963 World of Joy and Innocence. Now he's been thrust into the 21st century, where his best friends have become gods and monsters. Uh, my question, my question about this is, who cares? <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's uh, Miracle Man is a is a, is a thing I think I think Marvel have convinced themselves that people are still interested in it it's a, it came off the back of it's a Shazam it's Shazam take off effectively whenever you know Shazam was lost you know Captain Marvel was lost you know it, it was a replacement for that and most notable for the fact that Neil Gaiman started a story that he never finished and of course Alan Murr's sort of uh, take on it at the time, but oh, what do you think?
0: I just love that you've laid the intro to the Marvel <laughs> book this month with who cares? Uh, I mean, Miracle Man is, is certainly not in my wheelhouse, it's never been something I've read before, but. You see that creative team, you see Neil Gaiman, you see Mark Buckingham. I like the way that they're trying to do it. You've got, of course a one shot introducing you to this world with all those creators involved. but you know with reprint and the early stuff it's it seems like a book that was cancelled years ago, maybe just left unfinished, and this is them yeah. coming back to That's finish exactly it. it yeah, yeah. so yeah, i mean i'll I'll give it a go. Neil Gaiman, as you say, has my attention. you know it's not like he needs to work for Marvel comics or d c comics at this point and Therefore, I think if he's coming back to this, there's a story to tell there, or as I say, maybe a little bit of unfinished business he wants to come back to. So I'll certainly give it a couple of issues and see how we get on. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been top of my list, shall we say? Mm. But again, I mention
1: it. I mention it just because it leads off the book. Yeah. Um, so you've got a bit of a bit of a an October horror offering.
0: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to horror in October, Marvel are, are jumping on board as well. I mean, there's a Tomb of Dracula number 1 facsimile edition coming out. Uh, so again, I'm talking about facsimiles, reprints of classic issues, written by Jerry Conway, drawn by Gene Colan, and uh, covered by Neil Adams. So, you know, just great, uh, great creators all around there. But the one I wanted to mention is Marvel are doing a one-shot horror special called Crypt of Shadows. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we are huge fans of That Texas Blood. It's one of simply one of the best comics out there at the moment. It, it's probably in the top three. It's absolutely exceptional. Only been getting better and better, and it's written by Chris Condon. And Chris Condon is doing a short story in Crypt of Shadows, therefore making his Marvel debut. So it may be a name you hear more of uh, in the future, You know, building off the success of That Texas Blood. But yeah, Crypt of Shadows, it's a 56-page one-shot, you know, horror, uh, sort of supernatural tinge to it. Uh, you've got other creators involved in this as well, such as Al Ewing, Danny Lore, Adam Warren, Jeff Shaw. Uh, covers by Lino Yu as well. So for this one, the heroes of the Marvel Universe spend most of their time in the bright sun, flying high above it all. But every once in a while, they venture into the darkness that lurks in the hidden corners of the world. What, did they fall in the DC universe? Um, (laughs) There lurk the creatures, the monsters, the vampires, the ones who prey on innocence and goodness. Join us and some of your favourite heroes for Tales of Fangs, Claws and Silent Stalking Swamp Creatures to celebrate All Hallows' Eve. I mean, on the cover there, you've got Moon Knight, you've got X-23, you've got Man-Thing, you know, some is is that Bloodstone as well there. So you've got some really interesting characters, and again, mm. I love me a wee, a wee horror one shot. But again, the big selling point of me for this is uh, the Marvel writing debut of Chris Condon. So, yeah,
1: yep, be picking that up. I think I will. Uh, I hadn't, I hadn't intended it. I'm trying to keep things fairly trim these days. But uh, yeah, as you say, I mean, with with that Texas blood in his background, um, it would be hard not to, uh, especially when he's uh, he's uh, debuting with the House of Ideas.
0: Um, the the recent arc on that Texas Blood, I'm sure we'll, oh. I'm sure we'll finally get caught up on a reviews <laughs> pod. We promise, guys. But oh my God, we could just do a full podcast just on that Texas Blood. But <laughs>
1: um, swinging back to the other, uh, der, the other side of the Marvel Universe, we have a brand new Spider-Man number one. That's adjectiveless Spider-Man. Uh, no amazing, no spectacular, no web of,
0: but still, uh, a, just, hyphen, but still but a hyphen. But still a hyphen.
1: Spider-Man number one by Dan Slott. Dan is back on Spider-Man after his absolutely seminal 10 year run on the, on the character. Uh, he's been on fantastic four and it looks like he's back on Spider-Man with none other than my absolute favorite, uh, Spider-Man artist, Mark Bagley. Um, so that, uh, that, that in itself is enough to, to, uh, to, to, bring me, um, the end of Spider-Verse is here. Um, so Spider-Verse is back. Um, never, never seems to go away. Um, Morlun is back and he's not alone, allied with one of the most powerful beings uh, known to the Spider-verse, the scariest spider villain of all time is making his biggest play and no spider is safe, especially not the chosen spider himself, Peter Parker. With Peter working for Norman Osborn and using a glider, does he have it coming? Spider-Man's 60th anniversary is no joke as two of the most legendary spider creators are working together on Spidey for the first time and you know it's going to be one for the record books. Uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, definitely going to pick that up. However, I will not be picking up that absolutely horrible Frank Miller cover. Uh, <laughs> let's just just
0: I keep here. Your... I was just about to jump on board there and say this shows how prestigious a title this is for Marvel that you have a Frank Miller cover.
1: Have you seen it? It's yeah. horrible.
0: I quite like it. Um...
1: Oh, terrible. <laughs> keep that man away from Spider Man.
0: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I mean, the good thing, uh, well, as you say, Mark Bagley, I mean, I'm reading through it for the first time you know ultimate spider-man so of course getting plenty of bagley love there of course he did mm-hmm. the art with chips and for spider-man life story so i can understand very quickly why he's your your favorite spidey artist but but yeah there will be as as keith alluded to there with his uh this of frank miller's uh variant there are other variants that are going to be available for this now again just check in with this that none of them are ratio variants, but you know they've they've pulled out some good guys for this. You've got Scotty Young doing a cover. You've got Arthur Adams. You've got Steve Ditko. You've got John Tyler Christopher. He always does the uh, action figure variants. You have got Bengal, Rand Stegman, and a really beautiful Frank Miller cover as well. Don't listen, Keith. Yeah, uh, it's,
1: that's that's not it's not very Anyway, yeah, I suppose art isn't. It's in the eye of the but uh, I think it's
0: okay. Well, I'm yeah. I'm slightly put off it here because I'm looking at it a bit closer, and his right foot you can actually see what look like toes. Yeah, that's what
1: I've noticed first, and then I looked at the rest of the picture and thought, this is just terrible. I don't
0: mind the rest
1: of it, but the toes were really off-putting.
0: Anyway, we're going to move away from that. (laughs) But yes, Spider-Man number one, I'll very much look forward to it. It it is curious to see Dan Slott back working on it, because you would have thought, as you say, with a a decade-long run behind him, maybe he had said everything he needed or wanted to say, but... Clearly, the lure of the spider is just too much. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so away from Spider-Man and on to uh, a universe and characters that I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of in the next year with uh, the upcoming Black Panther 2 coming out. Must throw a shout-out to the trailer. Uh, I'm not usually one to, you know, gush over trailers so to speak but i thought the trailer was absolutely stunning oh
1: that's gonna be a heartbreaker alan that's gonna be a heartbreaker
0: showed a lot of reverence of course to chadwick boseman unfortunately no longer with us uh looks like it's gonna be a fantastic movie but also a very very great tribute to him as well but but yeah there is a a mini series uh, slated to launch this year in october wakanda number one of five so Written by uh, a team of Stephanie Williams and Evan Narcisse, uh, with Paco Medina and Natasha Bostos on art. So, with this one again, you've got some cool variant covers. You've got Nick Klein doing one, of course, doing great stuff with Thor. uh, Stanley Archer M'Lau doing covers as well. But for this one, I think the plot of it actually sounds really interesting as well. So, the Black Panther is no longer welcome in Wakanda. Who is this proud nation without its king? This exciting new miniseries answers that question as each issue spotlights a different fan-favourite Wakandan character. First up, Shuri proves that being without the Black Panther doesn't mean Wakanda is without heroes to protect it, and that there is a reason she too wants wheeled the power. Plus, part one of the History of the Black Panther's backup story providing for the first time anywhere a definitive overview of every Wakandan who has ever held the mantle of the Black Panther. So, those are going to be 40-page issues each month as well, so plenty to sink your teeth into.
1: Is that, uh, so is is it Every episode, so it looks like it's going to be, each issue is going to be split into two, mm-hmm. uh, with the first part maybe highlighting a different character, possibly by a different creative team, uh, but those but those stories are going to be, while highlighting a, a different character, they're going to be linked stories.
0: Yeah, that, that yeah. seems to be it. It'll be a different uh, character, each issue, as you say, but then you've got that ongoing narrative, certainly in the backups as well, that's sort of going into the history of Black Panther and providing a bit of a definitive view of the, the character and its history
1: cool um so i guess we're we're sticking in that sort of uh corner the solo solo uh, hero corner of the marvel universe with uh namor conquered shores number 1 of 5 which is Alternatively called Conquered Shores or Nimmer the Submariner, whichever you prefer but it is. A five-issue mini by Christopher Cantwell, uh, lately of, uh, of Iron Man, which is just about to, to come to an end And what a series it has been, as well as Doctor Doom and a few other bits and pieces. An art by Marvel legend Pasquale Ferry. Uh, a century into the future, not much land remains on Earth. A combination of a worsening climate and a devastating war with the Kree has left the surface of the planet mostly inhospitable with an ever-dwindling population of air breathers and a profound lack of superheroes to protect them, enter Namor, who for many years, who many years on is no longer the King of Atlantis, but ruler of the entire world. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, obviously, we we caught glimpses of Namor in the trailer for Black Panther 2 as well, so Marvel obviously going to go big on this character. I mean, I don't have a lot of exposure to Namor, but of course uh, there was that fantastic uh, Invaders series not too long ago from Chip Zdarsky. That was Mm. absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, I'll give this a go. Uh, I like Christopher Campbell when he's writing anything but Iron Man. Um, Pascal Ferry. (laughs) I
1: mean, you you really can't comment because you haven't read it.
0: This is true, but it has Iron Man in it, so I know it's not good.
1: <laughs> Again, <laughs> this irrational
0: hatred is going to continue, Keith. Just give it up. Just give I'm
1: it up. It will until you read it and you go, I might still hate the character, but that was a hell of a book.
0: <laughs> that's a fair point. Well, I think it's issue 25 it's ending with, isn't
1: it? It is, yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's
0: that's just a perfect we uh, omnibus just waiting to be released. So, maybe I'll give it a go then. Maybe I'll give it a go then. So Sweet, sweet. Uh, but a wee one-shot worth p- uh, picking up on this month. Now, if you are on the main title of this, this is the kind of thing we would automatically put in your box because it's one-shots. It's linked to the main series, and that is Punisher War Journal. The other reason we will put it straight in your box is because the first Punisher War Journal was fantastic, and this shows no reason uh, why it wouldn't be. Also, it's, again, written by Torun Grombeck. Of course, we chatted to her recently on the podcast. Thoroughly lovely, lovely woman. Extremely talented as well. Great sense of humour. And art is by Raphael Pimentel. So this one's called Punisher War Journal Brother Number One. So Lady Bullseye failed or Deathstrike failed. Every assassin sent to kill Frank fails. The leaders of the underworld, crime bosses, heads of terrorist organisations and even a corrupt government or two come together to solve the growing problem of Frank Castle. Sharing intel, resources and money, a collective underworld puts out a contract to kill Frank. Eligible for anyone assassins mercenaries or small town crooks the news ripples through the shadows of the world 500 million to the person who takes down the punisher but there's one face from his past who's in this for more than just money now given that this is subtitled brother i'm gonna guess it's his brother, <laughs> but yeah, forty page one shot. These are designed to be one shot uh, stories. You know, you could jump into this even if you are not on the main Punisher run, but I do think you'll certainly get more from it if you are enjoying that because I think that's been a great uh, reimagining of Punisher. Jason Aaron writing, uh, Paul Azaceta on art as well. So, uh, yeah, Punisher War Journal uh, brother number one. Looking forward to that.
1: Sweet. Um, we're going into a little bit of a, an Axe uh, one shot uh, moment here. Uh, so we have uh, first up Axe, which is, we'll just we'll just say Axe, shall we? <laughs> uh, Avengers, X Men, Eternals, uh, and the one shot is X Men number one by uh, series series showrunner Kieran Gillen and art by Francesco Mobili. It is the second story of a critical Axe one shot, uh, which began in axe avengers i feel singularly to use the word axe um and it reads it wasn't her 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 yet i am fire and life incarnate now and forever which part of now and forever is confusing to you as one world burns, can Jean justify her existence after burning another that sounds a little phoenixy to me mm-hmm. it's a 32 page uh, one shot uh, and uh, lovely lovely cover there by nick klein um Second up, we have AXE Eternals, number one, again, by Kieran Gillen. We have Pasquale Ferry, who we just mentioned, who was on uh, Namor, covered Shores, and a bit of a Marvel legend, uh, up for this this one shot. It is the third and final critical axe one shot. Ajax has come a long way. She's met her maker. Hell, she's made her maker. Now, can she or anyone survive her maker? Again, uh, a one shot connected to that three-part story, which I guess begins in Avengers the previous month then X-Men, then Eternals as one shots. But interestingly, we also have an AXE Iron Fist number one, one shot um, by Alyssa Wong, and Michael Ying, who are uh, on the, the the main Iron Fist book, or sorry, the, the Iron Fist um, uh, limited series. Uh, Iron Fist faces his greatest challenge. After the clash between Lin Lee and his brother Lin Feng, Lin Lee, the current Iron Fist protector of the mystical city of Kim Lun. Must claim access to Kionlun, but not before he faces a trial unlike any other. Shao Lao, the Undying. Wait, what does Loki have to do with all of this? Find out when Iron Fist and Loki face judgment. 40 pages, one shot. Uh, sounds like it's leading straight off from the, from the Iron Fist uh, miniseries, so I will absolutely be there for that. Um, so, yeah, that's our uh, Avengers X-Men Eternals corner. Um, I think, actually, uh, in October we also... We also have the finale of AXE Judgment Day, uh, so uh, I'll be looking forward to that. I've just started the first issue, so <laughs> that's that's far in my future.
0: Yeah, I mean it clearly shows how much you're enjoying that. That you know, I know you pick and choose what tie-ins you want to go for. Now, AXE does seem to be tying into a lot of titles in the Marvel Universe, anyway but for you to be excited about those uh those one shots outside of the main titles so obviously shows how much you're enjoying that so far mm-hmm. i mean looking at those covers as well for axe x-men and eternals those look like connecting covers to me as well uh by nick klein so yeah good point good very, point very nice uh one last one from me for the marvel book is the moon knight annual number 1 so again annuals are always a great um, are always a great thing to pick up if you're looking to get into a character an annual will be a one-shot self-contained story but it'll also set up some some story plots usually that will then bleed into the main run and it's always great when an annual is written by the same writer as the main series as is the case here so Jed McKay writing the Moon Knight annual number one and then it's Federico Sabatini on art Uh, I do love the subtitle for this which is Werewolf by Moon Knight of course, Werewolf by Night, where Moon Knight made his first appearance. Uh, so for this one, in the Darkhold, there is a prophecy of how a god might die. Jack Russell, more familiar with that cursed tome than most, would very much like to kill a god and save his people, the people bound in servitude to the moon. But to fulfill that prophecy requires the blood of the fist of Khonshu, and Moon Knight doesn't bleed easily. Oh, what a great sounding subtitle. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like an 80s action movie, doesn't
1: it? It really does, yeah. I mean, that's that that's kind of cool, because as you say, that is uh, the... The book that that Moon Knight debuted in. Yeah. You know that uh, that particular. Yeah, very cool. Um, let me see one more from me, if you'll uh, if you'll allow. By all means. Um, we have uh, it says Keith struggling to uh, struggling to find the, uh, the solicitation. Um, we had the the end of uh, Strange Academy, uh, the ongoing, uh, just just last week, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, great, great finish to it as well. Really, really enjoyed that book. I was wondering if it was going to continue or not, so this uh, this solicitation does make me happy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm still, still looking for this solicitation. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, well,
0: let me help you out with it. It's Strange Academy Finals number one. So uh, what's great about this is it is the same creative team as the main series again. So Scotty Young writing, Humberto Ramos, H- Humberto Ramos on art. Um, for this one, it is freshman year is almost over. From day one, people have been wondering... Who is the saviour of Strange Academy and who can bring it all down? The future of Marvel magic is going to be decided here and it will take far more than the Sorcerer Supreme and his school of magic has a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think Strange Academy has been genuinely one of Marvel's best titles for the last couple of years. It's been a great all ages title that anybody can jump into. It's it's essentially Harry Potter in the Marvel Universe, but... Much better than that, that's quite
1: reductive. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're doing it down with that particular... That's,
0: uh... that's quite reductive, I would say, but as, as a unique selling point to maybe younger readers, I think it's a really easy sell. You know, you enjoy Harry Potter, School of Magic, now I imagine the Marvel Universe, which is only going to improve it. So, uh, So I'm delighted to see more and more stuff of that is coming out so Uh,
1: is that a one shot or is that
0: a i mean by the fact it's called finals and says freshman years nearly over that to me says that's a one shot but that there will be more to follow that that's what's cool about strange academy you don't need to set it up as an ongoing or 10 issues at a time 12 issues at a time you can set them up as years in the academy itself so uh, i think that is probably what they're going to do moving forward
1: take a little break for the summer sort of thing
0: yeah that's exactly it so but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it, Marvel wise, certainly single issue wise, just throw out one or two wee uh trades at the back and omnibuses that I'm looking forward to. There's the Moon Knight Mark Spectre Omnibus Volume One, which is written by Chuck Dixon, Hard Mackey, JMD Mateus, uh loads of great artists on that as well, which is uh collecting basically the longest it uh, it's the longest running series of a Moon Knight ongoing. Uh issues one to thirty four of that as well as some tie-in issues. You have uh, Spider-Man versus Venom Omnibus with McFarlane covers, so a lot of miscellaneous McFarlane stuff in there. But I did just want to point out when it comes to the trades that uh, Punisher Volume 1 is hitting this month, which is, uh, again, I was saying Jason Aaron and Paul Azeketa, but also Jesus Says, I should have said for art on that as well. And then the other one I just wanted to throw out was Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Again, talking about Toron Grombeck and uh, Michael Dowling on that one. That's been a, a cracking series for Marvel as well. So, yeah, plenty to sink your teeth into in the Marvel book. You know, we didn't even really mention, you know, the likes of the symbiote stuff, the likes of Star Wars Corner, things like that. There's there's tons in the Marvel book. So, again, definitely worth having a wee look at it in store or, you know, you can find the solicitations online, I am sure. So that is DC done. That is Marvel done. So we are going to jump straight into the independent book, and of course, there's only one place to start, and that has to be the image <laughs> comics. Uh,
1: first up is from me, and that is uh, the the. I suppose it's the second offering of the Geigerverse. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, we had
0: Geiger, which was a six issue mini series. Then we had a, a one shot, which a one-shot. was Teals sort of the Geiger Verse. Yeah, of the Geiger-verse, yeah something like
1: that's that. it. And so, what we have here is a continuation from those Teals of the Geiger Verse with Junkyard Joe number one, written by Jeff Johns uh, and also Gary Frank. Uh, and oh, we've got 40 pages. Uh, it's an action adventure series premiere. Throughout history, unlikely and strange heroes have risen and fallen, their identities and lives a secret. But for a great evil to be stopped their stories must be told they are the unnamed fighting the unknown war from the explosive pages of geiger comes junkyard joe the world knows him as the comic strip by cartoonist muddy davis but the truth stretches back to the vietnam war this is their story of sacrifice and brotherhood geiger meets sergeant rock in this exhilarating new series Uh, there's also a special black and white veterans edition uh, of this um, where the proceeds go to the national coalition of homeless veterans and uh in the us i think um looks really interesting uh i think we, we've already touched a wee bit on junkyard joe in that uh in that one shot that uh that geiger one shot so i'm i'm really excited with this the art is suitably fantastic as you might expect um and uh yeah just looking forward to seeing to seeing uh where this goes uh, i take it you'll be on this one
0: oh definitely i mean it's it's again another one of those scenarios where I'd be hesitant to just put people straight on this who were on Gagger, but it is part of the Gagger universe. So just you know, just let us know if it is something you want to jump on. But yeah, I mean, I I'll, as long as you're not waiting months on end for issues, as has been the case in the past with Jeff Johnson, and Gary Frank, I, yeah. think, I think they're one of the best creative teams out there when they work together. I think they bring the best out of each other. Uh, all the preview art looks fantastic as well. So. Definitely one I'll be looking forward to there. So Junkyard Joe number one. Uh, The next one that caught my eye is uh, from Joshua Williamson. uh, Making his return to Image Comics. Of course he's done Birthright there. But more importantly in my mind did Neil Bider there. Still one of Image Comics best titles. But he is actually reunited here with Andre Bressan. Who was his Birthright artist. So this one's called Dark Ride. So brand new number one. Welcome to the scariest place on earth. Devil Land has been the world's premier horror-themed amusement park for almost 50 years, home to the scariest ride ever created at the Devil's Jew. But when lifelong fan Owen Seasons begins his first day on the job, he will discover the true horrors happening behind the scenes. The truth about the park's reclusive creator, Arthur Dante, Hmm, Dante? Dante's Inferno? Mm. Subtle. Uh, And that the job of his dreams might just be a living nightmare. Joshua Williamson and Andre Bressan reunite for a thrilling plunge into murder, mayhem, and sinister family secrets in this all-new Skybound original series. So they've solicited this as Nightmare Alley meets Neil Bider. So, I am there. Doesn't seem to state if it is an ongoing or a mini-series, though issue one is going to be oversized. It's still going to be $4.00. But it is going to be an oversized issue of 48 pages. So bring that on, I say.
1: Lovely. Um, I have also from Image, uh, the first of a five-issue series called Hitomi uh, by his tag and uh, artist Isabella Mazzanti. Um It is 32 pages. It is action, adventure, drama, and historical fiction. In feudal era Japan, a drifter with no prospects begins training in secret under Yasuki, a once famous and now disgraced warrior, as she struggles to find her place in the society entrenched in discrimination and violence. Combining the historical sweep and elegance of Kurosawa with the visceral action of Tarantino, this saga follows the trials and tribulations of a young female warrior who travels the countryside, countryside unendingly as uh, she works to gain the rank of samurai, a title no man, monster or myth can give to her, but one that she will have to take for herself. Yusagiyo Jumbo meets Lone Wolf and Cub in this historically lush, action-packed mini-series. Ha, right up my street, thank you.
0: And of course, with a story son like that, of course there is a Peach Momoko variant cover for Ooh. it as well. I mean, you're 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 setting out your stall there very quickly when you say it's Kurosawa meets Tarantino. I'm just saying you're putting yourself under a bit of pressure there.
1: <laughs> well, you know the the, the art looks phenomenal uh the the both the cover and the, the interior art that you can you can see really good uh use of uh of long vertical panels or long horizontal panels rather. Um interesting.
0: Yeah it gives it a very cinematic look I would mm-hmm. say. So we're still sticking with Image Comics for the next one and this is up there with my most anticipated this month from any of the three companies for for two reasons. One, I've already read the preview of this as it was in the image plus uh, anthology series that's been coming out and the other reason being that it is from one of the creators of deadly class namely the artist Wes Craig whose art I love so much I even got an original uh, commission done for the store with deadly class characters so you can imagine my excitement for this but this is completely creator-owned by Wes Craig he is both writing and drawing and doing covers Uh, so it is kicking off with a 40 page issue one again at that four dollar price point uh, so for this one, it's after the destruction of their village, a young girl with a magic arm and a fighting spirit is tasked with delivering her little brother to a faraway safe haven. There, he's destined to discover the secret to overthrowing the all-powerful empire that destroyed their home. From writer and artist Wes Craig comes an astonishing new ongoing fantasy adventure series about siblings surviving in a world of monsters and mutants. Now, to give you an idea of the uh, testimonials for this book, there's three in here. One is Robert Kirkman. One is James Harron. And the other is Karen Gillan. Now, if you cannot trust those guys for a brand new image book, I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> it seems that seems fair. Yeah, very much interested in this one, in this one too. And I'm not quite as connected to the Wes Craig of it all as you are, but uh, the just the, the solicitation was enough to sell me. Um, another one shot up from me here, still at image, uh, and it's in the the world of uh, Scott Snyder's Noctera with a second. One shot since the series start. The first was uh, Blacktop Bill, uh, which was a, a one shot about the villain. And uh, this is a one shot about the one time hero Val, uh, and it's by Tony S. Daniel and Scott Snyder. It is subtitled Dark Val. In the special one shot featuring awesome art by uh, Francis Manapul, Clear Justice League, uh, Clear and Justice League Val reflects on her hard and sometimes merciless past in the wake of the shocking events at the conclusion of Pedal to the Metal, which was the last Arc. Uh when an unlikely Ally reveals a way to find Val's convoy and take them to EOS, Val must go against her every instinct in order to trust this new partner. Um yeah that will be interesting given what happened at the end of the last <laughs> the last arc. But uh yeah I'm I'm enjoying this uh, this particular uh this particular series so picking up the one shots as well. Yeah Noctara's
0: been great as you say. A really good mix of horror and action and uh, I always feel that Snyder works best when he's doing horror I've said it many many times before so uh, but one last one just to finish off with Image Comics and it's actually an original graphic novel it is by an artist whose work I've been really enjoying recently she was the artist on Joe Hill's reign, uh recently released with uh, written by David M Boer of course from Canto and this one is a it's a, it's a biography and memoir it's a really interesting sounding idea so it's a uh, cartoonist Zoe Thorogood uh, records six months of her own life as it falls apart in a desperate attempt to put it back together again in the only way she knows how it's lonely at the center of the earth is an intimate meta narrative that looks into the life of a selfish artist who must create for her own survival. I mean her art style is something I really really love there's some great previews pages here you know it's it's quite it's as I say a uh, self autobiographical looks really really cool it's uh it's a creator i think we're going to see more and more of uh in the future as well so yeah there's, there's there's other image stuff as well we could talk all day about image there's just so many great titles going on through there but uh those are the ones that stick out the most so we will move on from there and on to boom so what um,
1: kicking off boom we have the beginning of a, a second miniseries set in the same world with the same protagonist uh, as, uh, as one we had previously from Boom, Boom and that's Eve, Children of the Moon, number one of five by Victor Lavelle and illustrated by Joe Meeb Young. Uh, so Eve returns in an exciting new story, perfect for first-time fans. The long-awaited return of the best-selling sci-fi adventure is finally here. Eve seemingly saved the world once already, embarking on a perilous quest to protect what remained of humanity after a deadly virus outbreak, but the story doesn't end there. Eve, Eve's sister, and Wexler, the robot teddy bear, face new challenges and a darkness from the past in this exciting sequel series from award-winning author and lauded professor, Victor Laval, uh, known for Sabretooth at Marvel and Destroyer, and returning Eve artist, uh, Joe Mi Gyeong, uh, also known for The Dark Crystal, Edge of Resistance. Perfect for fans of Little Monsters and What's the Furthest Place from Here? Eve, Children of the Moon continues to ask, what kind of world are we leaving for our children? um i enjoyed the first the first round of that uh, and i think i'll be picking up the second what about you were you on that initially were you yeah
0: i thought it was great I, i'm always a sucker for a wee post-apocalyptic last survivor on earth type story and i thought it was a really interesting tale and that it, it was a little girl who was the last survivor it wasn't you know, like someone who had a past as a ex SAS man, or you know, was built for this world, or whatever. I thought it was really, really interesting, but and it had quite a good twist towards the end as well. So, yeah, I'll definitely be on this. And again, as you say, it's the the same creators as the first volume as well.
1: Um, next up from Boom, if uh, if you'll permit me, uh, we have the uh, Gem of the Mouth, as uh, as previews calling it. Uh, Damn the Mall, number one of six by Sai Spurrier, uh, a favourite of mine. Uh, well, again, needs no needs no introduction in this parish, and Charlie Adler, uh, who again very well known for his work on Walking Dead. There's a raft of uh, of covers here. But uh, Charlie, Ar- Charlie Adler and Syce Breyer unleash hell at Boom Studios. In this new supernatural thriller of for fans of We Have Demons and Something Is Killing the Children, meet Ellie, Bloody L. Hawthorne, a cultist for hire. Following the death of Ellie's uncle, an infamous magician and occult detective, the 72 devils of the Ars uh, Gothica are uh, mysteriously freed from their infernal realm. Now it's up to Ellie to track down each of these exiled demons and damn them right back to hell by any means necessary. Holy Water, Conjuration, or just her trusty rusty claw hammer. Legendary Walking Dead artist Charlie Ardler teams up with step-by-bloody-step scribe Cy Sparrier to introduce the favourite new occult anti-hero since John Constantine, which Simon Sparrier did such good work on, so Sold!
0: Yeah, this is right up my alley. I mean, my my only concern is that it says one of six. I mean, this should be 72 issues long, clearly, given that there are <laughs> 72 uh, devils. But yeah, this sounds fantastic. You know, Charlie Adlard, one of the best, most consistent artists out there, just perfect visual storyteller, has proven through The Walking Dead, uh, also known as well as a guy who never misses a deadline. Uh Syce Burrier, again, has been doing some great, great stuff recently. You know, you mentioned Step by Bloody Step there I was a huge fan of. Of course, he did a, a brilliant run on Hellblazer that was cut short just a little too early. I mean, you mentioned those uh, variant covers, and some of these are class. This title's going to cost me a feckin' fortune. Yeah. Uh, you've got Charlie Adler on covers. You've got Danny. You've got foil versions of both those covers. You've got Christian Ward. You've got Sean Phillips. Oh, There's just so many good ones to mention there. But... Preview pages look wonderful, you know, creepy, atmospheric, supernatural, Uh, some great looking lettering as well by the look of it. Um, Yeah, that is up there with my most anticipated this month as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely get on that. That is uh, Damn Them All number one. And then just also from Boom Studios, one I'm going to mention, because I've been obsessed with this title since it came out. I think it's it's one of the best things Boomer producing and might even be the natural successor to, you know, something that's killing the children. It's a book called Grim. This has been written by Stephanie Phillips and art by Flaviano. I've went big on this book. I've got every single type of variant you can think under the sun for this yeah. book. I've got graded copies, uh, all sorts, but it's brilliant storytelling as well. So Volume 1 is due out, it's going to collect issues 1 to 5, but it's also going to be released the same day that Number 6 comes out, so you can play full catch-up. So Grimm is uh, about Jessica Harrow, who is dead, but her journey has only just begun. Discover the world of the afterlife, where Jessica has been recruited as a Reaper, tasked with ferrying countless souls to their final destination. But unlike the rest of the reapers, she has no memory of her own death. In order to unravel this mystery, she'll have to solve an even bigger one. Where is the real Grim Reaper? From acclaimed artists, uh, from acclaimed writer Stephanie Phillips and fan favourite artist Flaviano comes a bold new vision of what comes after and the nature of death itself. Yeah, it's got real sandman type vibes, it's got Lila Starr type vibes, but it also has that violent, uh, that violent feel to it that you get from the likes of Something That's Killing The Children, as an example. So that is Boom Studios, we'll move from there and on to Dark Horse, and Dark Horse are a company that, I must be honest, we don't always mention them every month, you know, there's always a big emphasis on Hellboy, which has just never been quite my thing, Um, there's there's been a few other ones that they have, franchises, that kind of thing, but this month there's actually two that stand out to me, one of the reasons for that is because Dark Horse seemed to be the official uh, publisher for Comixology Originals, so Comicsology Originals in this case were uh, a, r- a rake of titles done by Scott Snyder uh, with a different artist each time and they were released digitally. But thankfully they're releasing them in print version. So we already had We Have Demons which was Snyder and Greg Capullo and now we're getting another combination of one of my favourite writers with favourite artists and that is Scott Snyder on writing and Francesco Francavilla on art. This one's called Night of the Ghoul. Again it's going to be three issues in total. Each issue is going to be slightly oversized and Again, this just looks awesome. Again, it's perfectly set because it's coming out in October. So Night of the Ghoul, shot in 1936, Night of the Ghoul by writer-director T.F. Merritt was meant to sit beside Frankenstein and Dracula as an instant classic, but the legendary film never made it to the silver screen. Just before editing was finished, a mysterious studio fire destroyed the footage and killed the cast and crew celebrating at the wrap party. Forrest Inman is a horror film obsessive who digitizes old films for the famed Aurora Movie Studio. When Forrest stumbles across a seemingly forgotten canister of footage, he just might have discovered the remnants of the lost classic Night of the Ghoul. This discovery sends Forrest on a dark odyssey, where he's warned by a mysterious old man that the film's ghoul is far more than a work of fiction. It's a very real monster, and it has plans to kill him. Not only does this look fantastic, but it comes with a ridiculous amount of uh, varying covers, all done by Frank Avia. Mm. Ugh, this is gonna cost me a fortune. Um, <laughs> he's literally done five covers for this book, and I know you're not a fan, Deck. I apologize in advance, but I am, and I even have a, a separate uh, tab in my collection which is Frank of the Emerald, So yeah, this this title is gonna cost me a fortune, but <laughs> but it just you, you have
1: a you have a kid that needs shoes now.
0: I do, but I also have a kid that will inherit my comic book collection one day. Mm. So it's that's how I justify it every Uh-oh. single time
1: dangerous dangerous
0: (laughs) very much dangerous but no frank avia doing the interiors as well it's me very excited i'm a huge huge fan of afterlife with archie which was essentially the walking dead in riverdale and frank did the art for that and it's honestly one of the best most atmospheric books you'll ever read uh but away from that as i say i had two titles from dark horse i wanted to mention and the other one is called dead mall so shop till you drop is the subtitle for this it's a four issue miniseries and again perfectly positioned for an october release so for this one, it's written by Adam Czar and uh, drawn by David Stoll. The Penn Mills Gallery is about to be dis- demolished. Five teens sneak into the mall to take a last look around before it's gone. Oh, you know, this is going to go well. However, while Penn Mills has been closed for years, the mall is far from abandoned. A night of exploration becomes a shopping spree from hell, as the teens must contend with the sprawling, transformative cosmic horror of Penn Mills or be trapped with forever within the dead mall. So Adam Cesar is a critically acclaimed horror author and a leading voice in the emerging genre of contemporary horror. Uh, and Clown in a Cornfield earned a 2020 Bram Stoker Award nomination, multiple star reviews and has been optioned for a film. So very much a creator to keep an eye on as well if you are a fan of the horror genre. So that's Dark Horse. I believe you have something from IDW.
1: Yes, a much a much decreased IDW in, uh, in recent months. As they've been they've been relegated to uh, to the, the general section of the previews book rather than their own section. But uh, I have hope uh, in the form of Star Trek number one. Uh, I've been experiencing a bit of a Star Trek Renaissance rediscovery, uh, if you'll excuse the pun, uh, of late. Uh, I've been rewatching, been rewatching uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, following uh, you know Discovery and Picard's recent series, and uh, I've just started uh, the fantastic. Strange New Worlds, which spun out of, uh, of Discovery and is very nicely knit and sewn into the, the tapestry of uh, Star Trek The Original Series, while still remaining a fantastic, uh, fantastically accessible jumping on point. Um, but Star Trek One is by Colin Kenny, Kelly and Jackson Lansing, two individuals who have been carving their corners of the, uh, of the universes of the big two of late. Uh, it's rare, uh, a week goes by, that you don't see their names. Uh, lately, of Batman Beyond New Year and Captain America's Sentinel of Liberty, uh, uh, as well as a few other bits and pieces. But it is an artist by Ramon uh, Rosanos. It started at 2378. And Benjamin Sisko was finally returned from the Bajoran wormhole. Omnipotent, but with every minute, his godhood is failing. So this is clearly a uh, following on from the end of Deep Space Nine. Sent by the prophets on a mission to the deepest parts of the space aboard the USS Theseus. He witnesses the unthinkable. Someone is killing the gods. And only Cisco and his motley crew of Starfleet members from every era of Star Trek can stop them. From Star Trek, Year 5, Geo, Jackson, Lansing, and Colin Kelly, comes IDW's brand new flagship Star Trek ongoing series that goes where no one has gone before. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, and I must say, I know that Star Trek isn't your fandom, but uh, I would implore you to give um, to strange new words a go. I think you thoroughly enjoy it. I know
0: you've been speaking very highly about it there's quite a few Star Trek fans within our little group and they all seem to be very much uh, excited even going so far as to talk about certain episodes as the best Star Trek ever
1: made. I mean these are big words these are big words and uh, I mean I can't comment yet I haven't seen the finale uh, but uh, still big words um, but yeah it's uh, I mean I don't know if you necessarily have to be a Star Trek fan it a, it's a really solid jumping on point for the for the series um, okay. it, uh, it's takes place sort of in the ten years before Captain Kirk takes captaincy of the Enterprise uh, under Captain Pike with a young Spock and a young Uhura and, and 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 stuff like that. So it's it's very enjoyable.
0: Cool, nice. So that is a new Star Trek series, and as you say, a great uh, creative team working on that as well. Uh so yeah, Star Trek number one from IDW. So believe it or not, uh, hell has may have frozen over because I'm about to recommend a dynamite title. Uh it's. A title that I would normally refer to as an Andy title, and if you know what that means, you know what it means. But the reason I'm recommending this is because I'm a big fan of the artist. Um, Shannon Meyer has been a, a cover artist for the last four or five years, and just as I said I have with Frank Avila, I also have a tab in my collection which is just Shannon Mayer covers. been doing covers for Marvel Comics, DC Comics, Independent Comics. Love his style, and therefore he's now making his... Writing and interior art debut with a dynamite title called Siren's Gate. Now, Keith, I may even be able to get you into this. This is an urban fantasy. Oh. so we've said the magic words straight away uh, so yeah Siren's Gate number one from Dynamite Comics so red hot artist Shannon Mar's covers have been showcased in some of the best selling books in the industry and fans have asked for years when will he draw interiors well wait no more as Shannon makes his writing an interior art debut with this fiendish tale that explores the very nature of what we call reality illuminated with the kind of stunning artwork that only he can deliver Tara an aspiring writer has never thought of herself as anyone special for better or worse all that is about to change When a mysterious young man extends an unexpected invitation, Tara is awed at the opportunity to meet with her literary idol, Lady Rose. This unique encounter sparks a series of events forever thrusting her into a world where vampires, werewolves and all manner of supernatural beings become her new normal. What Tara once assumed to be nothing more than imagined pieces of dark fiction slowly begins to unravel herself as well as her true reality. But again, the art is a big, big seller for me here. Again, huge, huge fan of Shammar's style and therefore I'll be curious to see how that translates from you know, great covers to sequential storytelling, so... That is Saren's Gate from uh, Dynamite Comics.
1: And actually, I had a I had a Dynamite book in my pull list there last week. I think you had as well, 007, was that
0: right? Yeah, but James Bond transcends publisher. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know you even gave it a, a go to a Dynamite title not too long ago. It was uh, Rodney Barnes was writing it, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Sheena, no, Queen of the Jungle or something?
1: it wasn't Rodney Barnes. It was Stephen... I can't remember, it wasn't Stephen Munny, it was, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it got a wee bit uh, Dynamite TNA for me. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I was like, that uh, wasn't, it wasn't great, it wasn't great.
0: <laughs> that is fair. Uh, but yeah, we'll move away from Dynamite, which is always a surprise when you see it for me, to a publisher that I nearly always recommend the new title from, and that is AWA uh, Studios. And this month they are bringing back one of their, one of their franchises, I suppose, at this point. It was I mean, their first published
1: book,
0: wasn't it? Year Zero was their first, wasn't it? It was not? indeed, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, now this is coming from a different creative team. So far, Year Zero has always been written by Benjamin Percy, but we have a new creative team on this of Daniel Kraus writing and Goran Zuzuka on art. And this is actually Year Zero Volume Zero, number one. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> What's interesting about this is it's an action-packed prelude to the main series. So, acclaimed horror writer Daniel Krauss, who did George Romero's The Living Dead, The Autumnal, unveils four globe-spanning tales from the earliest days of the zombie apocalypse when even the wildest rumours couldn't measure up to the horror of what was to come. A streetwise Russian cop patrols the back alleys of the opportunistic black market that emerges in response to the crisis. A North Korean soldier observes strange happenings on the DMZ. An ER nurse in the rural South fights to protect her hospital from threats without and within. A transgender flight attendant who has observed disturbing clues as she crisscrosses the globe, keeps a wary eye on the passenger in seat 23C. I mean, I've always loved the Year Zero books because it's zombie apocalypse stuff, but it's not, here's what's happening in middle America as we follow, you know, one group of people, a la Walking Dead. It was, it was always four different tales, four different characters in four different places all over the world, and I just thought it was always an interesting way of showing how it would affect the world, rather than just america which often thinks of itself as the world <laughs> so i will definitely be jumping on that as i say i've enjoyed the first two volumes so far so definitely bringing that on so
1: yep with you on that um that uh, that year year zero prequel i guess
0: yeah very much so so we're gonna wind down now we just have a couple left i believe one more each to finish off this month
1: Yes, sir. Um, swinging into the Titan comics, um, publishers of Blade Runner, and also Doctor Who comic. Uh, so we have uh, Doctor Who uh, 2022 special. Uh, it's an epic story by Eisner Award winning writer Dan Slott, whose name we have already heard a time or two this evening, uh, that sees companion Martha Jones captured by the insatiable pyromeths. Her only hope of her survival is to keep them distracted with his inset- with sensational untold tales of the 10th Doctor, uh, facing off against his greatest foes, both classic and new, the 10th Doctor being, of course, uh, what do you call him? Um, oh, what do you call him? Actor. timey Um God, oh my God, I can't even remember his name. It was the
0: purple <laughs> man. Come on, you can David do it. David Tennant. David
1: Tennant. That's the one. Um Jesus. Forty-four is not an easy age to remember things at. Uh, it features bonus story starring the Ninth Doctor, which was I uh, <laughs> forgot his name too. Eccleston, Eccleston, Christopher Eccleston, and Rose Tyler. I mean, I'm not a Doctor uh, Who guy, and even I'm getting this. No, no, you're you're very good. You're very good. Uh, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. So it's obviously an excuse to tell some untold tales. So that'll be that'll be nice, and it looks like a it looks like a chunky book. At least it need to be for that seven ninety-nine price tag.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been moved a couple of times. I know there is a couple of guys been really looking forward to that, and store big Doctor Who fans. But it has been moved a couple of times. But I suppose that's it's not as bad if it's just a one off special being moved as opposed to like a mini series. You know, gaps between issues and things like yeah, that. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's not. A, I mean, it's not a doomsday clock.
0: Yeah. So that is Doctor Who special, and then we're just going to finish off with one more from myself, and again, it's another horror title just to finish off October. And I always like the Spotlight Vault comics, and the one that. Caught my eye this month is Nightfall Double Feature. It it sort of has this setup similar to like the old drive-ins of cinemas back in the eighties and Mm. and nineties. It's double features. It's two different stories. Um, it's genre storytelling in this case horror. So, what you're going to get each time here is a sixty-four page comic. Again, it is going to uh, carry an eight dollar price point, but you're going to have two continuing stories in every issue. So. They're not one-off stories. They're continuing stories. So feature one, as it is called, is The Cemeterians. Uh, After human bones begin growing inside inanimate objects all across the globe, a renegade scientist and brilliant theologian delve into the cemeteries where the bones originated, discovering an otherworldly force tired tired of being buried in darkness. And then you have feature two, which is called Denizen. A family's cross-country road trip goes off the map and into the unforgiving wilds of Joshua Tree National Park, when mom and wife-to-be Helene succumbs to a malevolent force tucked inside an abandoned camping trailer. You know, the trailers for this, as I said, they just look like pure 70s, 80s horror, corniness, exploitation. You even have a great um, cover by Jason Sean Alexander, which has both stories on it. Yeah, just right up my alley and definitely one to look forward to. But again, it is from Vault Comics, so if that's the kind of one that appeals to you, pre-ordering, it's is usually essential because they're always, always low print runs. <laughs> So, that is going to do it for us there this month. So, again, that is the August previews book, uh, Dissected. Stuff coming out in October and a little bit beyond as well. So, we've released this on Friday the 12th of August. The the initial cutoff for this is Friday the 19th of August, so next Friday. But at the same time, we do still get the FOC chances to top up right up to a month beforehand. So, it's always better to get it in the earlier the better, but, you know... Again, we'll always get you sorted one way or another. So, either drop into the store, let us know about titles, drop us a message on Facebook, drop us an email, uh, coffee and heroes at hotmail.com, uh, or just come into the store and have a flick through the books yourself and as I say point out all the glorious titles that Keith and I missed So <laughs> there's always a few of them there's always a few but no it's been it's been great jumping back on here my man we uh, as I say we've been dealing with more real world scenarios the last couple of weeks but sometimes it's just <laughs> great to jump into the world of fantasy and uh, look forward to what's coming up soon
1: absolutely and what is coming up soon is our 200th episode
0: that it is. This is featured as issue or issue episode one nine nine, which is really not to be sniffed at. I mean, it's been <laughs> a good f- almost five years doing it. Uh, you know, we, we've we've had a few bumps along the way. We've had some uh, lineup changes. We've had you know maybe little gaps longer than we would like it from time to time. But you know, we're always committed to to coming back on this. And one of the great things that has emerged from doing the podcast is that we've got to interview some great people along the way and we may just have a couple more lined up for number 200 we may even do a variant 200 as well with a second interview who knows <laughs> keep your uh, <laughs> eyes peeled for that so anyway as i say it's uh thanks for listening guys i really hope this proves useful for you it's always about trying to make sure you don't miss out on the best titles coming up soon and all the titles that are going on to our pull list. so Again, many thanks to Keith this evening. It has been a pleasure and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in the store soon and I'll look forward to seeing you, dear listener, in the store also. So I've been Alan Taylor and this has been Keith Miller.
1: You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at coffee and Heroes one and I'm Ascanison00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find
0: Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at
1: hotmail.com.
0: Make sure to check out our YouTube channel
1: as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us.
0: And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.